Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology. We learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'll be teaching you ways to be the best you. I'll also be interviewing life coach and author Zephan Moses Blacksburg. He's going to share his version of being his best self. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is composed like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores heartache and pain as a character moves to finding healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's awakening and being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase these albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you're currently hearing is from the second album, Restoration, entitled Introspection. And now it's time for self-check-in. It's important for us to be able to separate between what our body feels like and what our emotions are. Sometimes we think they're one and the same, but they're really not. So just because you may have woken up in a bad mood does not mean you can't fulfill the responsibilities that you have to do today. And vice versa, you may have woken up today and not feel very well, but that doesn't mean that you can't be in a good mood. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is the best you've ever felt and 1 is the worst you've ever felt. Go ahead and create those two scales for yourself. For example, for me, on a scale of 1 to 10, For my emotions, I'm feeling probably about an 8. I'm feeling pretty good. And then for my body, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm feeling about a 6. I got some good rest last night, and I'm feeling pretty good. So since I realize that both of my numbers are higher than 5, it means I'm going to be pretty productive today, not only my emotions, but also my body. So when you can recognize that there's a difference between what your body feels like and what your emotions are, it helps you recognize what you can change. Being the best you. When we were children, we would often say, when I grow up, I'm going to be such and such. And it was always fun to dream about those things of what we would be, even though we really didn't have any idea of what it was. As we grew up, we were able to redefine who we were. If we went to university, we went to a trade school. Those types of things really started to define who we were. And as we studied more and learned more about life is how we decided the type of vocation we're going to be. But it also goes back to the fact of our personalities. Everything we do in life is going to determine the best version of who we can be. We often compare ourselves to other people. We look at some people and think, wow, I wish I could be like that, or I wish I could do this type of skill. And when we continue to do that, it really separates us from them versus us, meaning we always feel less than. The great thing about being the best part of you is you get to decide who is you. You get to decide what that looks like. A good way to look at that is, let's say you start a new job, and the first day of the job, you don't really know anything, and you're struggling along to try and learn everything, and often you don't feel very confident about it. But fast forward, maybe five years from now, all of a sudden you are very confident, you're training new people, you're maybe the expert in your office, and now all of a sudden you're the best version of you. And of course, as you continue on in that job, you'll become even better and better. 
But it's a really good demonstration to compare those two people, the first version of you and the second version of you, the same people, but what came along with it was experience. And that's what I think is important for each of us. When we're doing something in life, we want to create a snapshot of this is who I am today reminding yourself that tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow, you're going to be better at it. And when you can give yourself that grace, it allows you to then grow. But if we're continually comparing ourselves to other people, well, then we're not creating our own benchmark, our own definition of what that is, and we're always going to feel less than. Everything we do in life, we're going to get better at it. But the difference is, do we do it in a proactive stance, or do we just allow circumstances to kind of push us along? Mediocrity is one thing that many of us struggle with. Mediocrity is essentially just doing something very mediocre. And when we continue to do those types of things, we often don't realize that we could do something better. One of the reasons to be the best you is you have so much potential. And often we don't realize how much potential we have and we just kind of settle for the status quo. We settle for the things around us. But in doing that, you will never reach your highest potential. Those dreams and hopes that you have will never be accomplished. And sometimes people say, well, James, I'm just doing something very small. Well, that's okay. Whatever you're doing that you consider small is not small. It's all part of a larger framework to help you reach your potential. Because when you can have this mindset of being the best you in every circumstance, it's going to allow you to maximize all of your strengths and achieve each of your goals. So I ask you, are you the best you? And if the answer is no, well, today is the day to start. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. <laughs> We've all experienced those times when nothing seems to go right. This class will specifically train you how to process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in the class today. Zephan Moses Blacksburg is a founder and host of the iTunes new and noteworthy acclaimed Year of Purpose podcast, where he interviews motivators and inspirational humans from all over the world who are living life on their own terms. He is also the author of Life Rescripted, Find Your Purpose and Design Your Dream Life Before the Curtains Close. Welcome to my show, Zephan. Hey, James. Thanks so much for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Now, you have done some amazing things in your life. You know, one of the main things that really stuck out to me was how young you are. And you've had some incredible accomplishments. So I can't wait to hear how your life already has transformed into the incredibly successful person you are today. Yeah, totally. I mean, my life is a little bit crazy with a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and it just keeps going. Definitely. As as a younger person, it sounds like you went to university like most of us did. And then beyond that, it seemed like things just weren't enough for you. Would you like to talk about maybe just what you're doing right now, how you made that change from university and, and decided to rebrand yourself? Yeah, so much like anybody else, you know, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, no crazy different town from anyone else in the country. And I uh, went to high school, went to college, did the four year thing. The only thing that differed in college was I graduated in three and a half years. So I actually stayed over the summers because I was just motivated to not put the burden on my parents of having a huge debt bill when mm -hmm. I had to pay tuition. So I stayed over the summers and technically was going to graduate in just three years, but I actually purposefully dropped my last class that I had to pass because I decided that it was so much more important to produce and direct a feature film. And no one else in the entire program had ever gone to a professor and said, in one year's time, on a $1,000 budget that I'm going to get donated from local businesses, I'm going to make a 96-minute long film. Wow. So from the start, even in college, I was kind of on this rampage of just, I want to do the craziest thing that no one's done before. Uh -huh. 
And that kind of really translates to a lot of the rest of my life is that I kind of look at what everyone else is doing. And from the photographer and the camera guy's perspective, you know, I look at where everyone else is and I do the opposite. But on top of that, I almost take it and look to, you know, what is the the furthest limit that I can push this to? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because even that won't be good enough for me. But I, I still think that if I can push for that, that I'll know that I put in all my effort and all my energy into it. That's that's a really incredible way to look at things. What is it internally within you that says, well, I want to be the outlier. I want to make some of these changes and maybe do things that other people have not done before. I mean, I feel like I've always been a little bit different. Uh, you know, I don't have a, a typical name that you would hear anyone else with when you go into school. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, and, and my story is is very odd because when I was born, uh, my mom actually went to the bathroom and my feet popped out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My whole being born into this world was not a very regular story. I had to be delivered by the volunteer fire department, resuscitated at birth, had the cord wrapped around my neck three times. I mean, I feel like from the start, it was just kind of built into me that, you know, I have to almost strive for the maximum just to stay alive. And I mean, parts of it have been from, uh, you know, stemming from childhood issues of, you know, divorced parents and having to switch back and forth between two different houses and things Mm -hmm. like that but you know there always was some sort of underlying pressure to do big things and being the oldest out of seven brothers and one sister uh there's even more pressure to you know just be the role model so that all is kind of played out into all the things that i do and um, I, I think I just I don't want to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to be that person who goes to school, you know, gets gets into college, graduates, gets a job, you know, works for 40 years and then just decides, all right, you know, I'm going to go sit on the couch and watch reruns of old TV shows for the rest of my years. It just that doesn't really sound fun to me. And I've always kind of thought that if I go to the grave with like a lot of replaced joints and broken bones and things, and I know I kind of did something right (laughs) because I feel like from a workout and just a fitness perspective, like we were given this body to use it to its fullest extent. So if you're not, then I just feel like you're not taking advantage of all the gifts that you've been given. Yeah, exactly. Well, going back to when you were younger, did you fit in with your peers being kind of uh, maybe different in some ways, but what, what were the, what were the obvious differences for you and your peers? Oh, I was totally different. Um, You know, I was that interesting kid who floated between different groups. So whether it was the popular and cool kids, whether it was the nerdy kids, like I kind of knew everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was this in-between guy where, you know, I had my own group of friends, but I... I feel like I could float between any one of them. And even when I was really young, I think I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Like I held a penny war at my middle school and raised enough money that we built a school in Nicaragua. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. So like this was one of those things I'm actually looking at. I have a little award on my wall that, you know, we got way back when where basically like there was my mom was watching Oprah one day and this guy comes on who founded a company called free the children and my mom's like oh look at this you know they like build schools in third world countries and do all these really great things and i literally turned to my mom and i was like oh i could do that 
<laughs> year later we're sending all this money that we raised i've got like you know news articles with photos of this little 12 year old zephin like in his high school counting pennies in the library <laughs> and i love it that is incredible it just has always been a part of me to to just say that eh, that's not good enough i could i could uh-huh. do it better i could do something big like that um, and just never really be limited to thinking that I can never pull something off. I, I don't think I allow myself to go there. And even if I do, it, it goes away very quickly. You know, there's still always that fear of, I don't know if I can do this, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that I always kind of pull through because there's just this strength from knowing, like, look what you did when you were 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And that's a good, good segue into, because I wanted to ask you when you are discouraged, when it seems like things just become so overwhelming and so greater than maybe what you can do in the moment, how do you, how do you combat that? Yeah. So, you know, when I was 13, right after kind of all that stuff went down, I actually got diagnosed with bipolar manic depression. So Mm. a lot of roller coaster ups and downs, you know, Mm -hmm, one day I could be super happy. The next day I could be like crying my eyes out and not even knowing why. So I, I kind of understand that there's going to be a ton of ups and downs and you know if you look at facebook everything looks perfect of course because we always (laughs) of course (laughs) but i think that um you know i really roll with the punches i certainly have really bad days now it doesn't i don't think that it goes away i think it's just you start to learn that it's more of a natural part of life i think when we first have some really bad things happen to us in life you know whether it's like the first person in your life passing away or something like that Mm -hmm. i think that it's a shock to us because it, it hasn't happened before and we don't know how to respond and as more and more of these bad days happen and more and more of these bad things happen to us we start to get better at realizing you know this is just kind of a normal thing like it is part of life you know and it's kind of like we all hate the dentist but it's a normal part of life to go and get your teeth clean like you just do it and so i i just kind of look at it that way as you know these are things that happen uh sometimes we can't explain them you know i can't tell you why uh two weeks ago i got rear-ended on the highway but like oh my gosh yeah yeah it happened and and then the car gets fixed and you know, the world keeps spinning and the sun comes up the next day. Yeah, those bumps in the roads definitely will happen. And that's I think that's a problem if people perseverate or they, they focus so much on that one thing and it just becomes the world that they don't realize that that's just everyday life. That's just part of, of life itself. And so if that becomes their worldview, then that's all they're going to see. And that's going to kind of become their kind of the filter they use in every area of their life. Yeah, and I think the best uh, real-life experience just in my book to explain a little bit more is that I remember maybe two or three years ago, a lot of the times I was walking into the gym with my hood up. I was in kind of a, not a depression, but certainly having a little bit of trouble just in life in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm walking in kind of closed off from the world. My hood is up. I'm not really talking to anyone. My earbuds are always in. Uh, I don't really look up much. I just go in to do my workout and get my stuff done. And I started talking to a mentor friend of mine who also attends the same gym. And she was like, you know, like attracts like. Mm -hmm. I I dare you to show up to the gym one day and not listen to your music, you know, not close yourself off from the world, Uh, come in wearing super bright colors so everyone has to see you. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) And see what happens. Yeah. And and sure enough, like five people talk to me in the first five minutes of getting there. Like I'm not even going to get to my workout because I've been talking for the last half hour to someone. Yeah. And you see the difference. And so, 
you know, there's documentaries like The Secret and they talk about the law of attraction, but it really is true. You know, if you close yourself off to the world, then that's all you're going to get from the world. Exactly. That's very true. Is that something that you've kind of implemented even more so in, in the majority of things you've done since you've kind of reframed this with your mentor? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not perfect. You know, I still have my days where I want to close off and don't want to talk anyone. But I think that when you get to that point after that, where you know you're ready to open up to the world, I at least now have the tools to say, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Like, I know what I'm going to do next. It's not any mystery as to how I get out of this funk. Like, I literally closed myself off and, you know, told the world I'm not ready to deal with you guys right now. And now I know exactly what I have to do to open that door back up again. Exactly. And there's always a blessing and a burden to things. Sometimes we can overcorrect and then undercorrect. And so it's really good that we have that awareness that you get to make a choice in this moment of what do I want to attract right now or what is it that I want to do? Yeah. I mean, you choose whether or not you have a bad day. It's totally true. It goes back to the whole, you know, when I got rear-ended on the highway, I was headed to, I'm a rower on the rowing club here. Okay. And we had to learn to row night and we get to teach people in the community and it's super fun. And my first thought is, I'm so pissed off. I can't believe that, (laughs) you know, this is going to ruin the night. And I actually made it there. I was only like 15 minutes late and I still got to, you know, enjoy the whole thing. So I think it's really just reframing your mindset and saying, all right, that sucked. What's next? Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes back to just your personality itself is when you reframe something and say, oh, I could do that. And you allow yourself to maybe look at it in a different way. And then when you do it, the output or the outcome of whatever, whatever it is you've done kind of transcends maybe what the norm is. Yeah, exactly. Now, didn't you do a Netflix series of some sort? I thought I read something about that. I did. I wound up working on season two of House of Cards. That's awesome. That was actually after working in the real House of Cards. Oh, Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I got a, when I first started my business, I left my job in, uh, wow, it was, I guess, three years ago, May of 2013. And within a couple months, I had built a network of local videographers, and one of them called me up one day and was like, if you can send me a photocopy of your license and you can get to my house at like 6 a.m. tomorrow, we're going somewhere in D.C. I can't tell you, but I need you to film with me for the day and I'll pay you. And I just kind of hopped on the opportunity. And the next day, we're standing outside the gate to the White House. Oh, my gosh. We're getting ready to go film with the Department of Homeland Security. And Secret Service needed my my license to give me clearance to get into the building. Wow. Well, that's that's an interesting time. I mean, you get a random call and then you have this life changing event that happens. Yeah, well, and that's how it all happens. Like, that's even how the House of Cards one happened is being able to recognize in the moment these Mm -hmm. events. You know, the House of Cards one, I was actually on my way to a video shoot, had one of my videographers with me in the car. He gets an email and he's like, hey, this is House of Cards. They're looking for like a a production assistant and I can't do it. The dates that they put in here, you know, is do you want me to reply to them and say, hey, like, I know this guy who can do it. And I said, screw that. Take the phone number that's in the signature. I'm going to call them right now. (laughs) And, you know, there it goes again, like pushing it to the furthest extent. You know, sure, he could have emailed them back and we could have waited and nothing would have happened. Mm -hmm. But I literally called them on the spot. I was like, hey, I'm sitting in the car with this guy. You just reached out to him asking if he could work. He can't. I can. What do we do? Wow, that is that's phenomenal. And I think that's one of the main things that 
people don't realize is when we look for joy, when we look for happiness, when we look for an answer, when we look for encouragement, whatever those things are, we will find it. You know, in fact, I just did a YouTube episode today that, that will, I'll, I'll post it later, but it talks about the self-encouragement, just like the game of hide and seek. Well, the game's not over until you find it. So it's the same type of thing when it comes to our daily struggles and things we're trying to overcome, as well as great opportunities that kind of launch us into the next direction of our life is you have to find it. And that's the only way to find it is to look for it, is to seek it. And so it's, it's amazing that you obviously follow this in your own life and you find those opportunities and they come to you. Yeah. And don't stop looking because they're there and it, it's going to be hard. It's not just like if I sit here right now and say, hey, I'd love to have a $10,000 client walk through the door tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. The idea is that when you start to you know reveal yourself to the world, whether it's not wearing your hoodie and earbuds into the gym or really going out there and, and showing who you really want to be, it starts to kind of open up and give stuff back. Yes, exactly. Let's talk about your book. Your book, sure. yeah, Life Rescripted. Why don't you tell my listeners more about that book? You know, so I, I always thought it would be cool to write a book. I never thought I would actually do it. You know, it's like one of those things on your list where you're like, yeah, it'd be super cool <laughs> if I could do that one day. And I interviewed this guy on my podcast when I first got started. His name's Chandler Bolt. And he teaches a course called Self-Publishing School and never had it been so within reach for me until Mm -hmm. I spoke to him because, you know, I didn't know anything about the process. Um, And, you know, I thought I might have to find a publisher. I'm going to have to sell like 10,000 copies. I like I had no clue how it worked. And he gave such a simple process where we were able to create our outline, actually dictate about 90% of it, get that dictation transcribed. So I never really had to write a word on paper. I never had to really put a pen to paper. And I'm a much better speaker than I am writer. Mm -hmm. So it really gave me such an awesome format and layout where within about 120 days, the book was from concept to completion wow. and sold, I think, like 700 copies its first week on Amazon. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that that absolutely is wonderful for someone like me who talks for a living. Yeah, to sit down and write, it can be a little cumbersome at times, but, you know, specifically with the, with the way, how fast my mind works. And so I, I think that's wonderful that you found a medium that works for you. Yeah, totally. But the book has been extremely rewarding and it it really was just it was almost like my my manifesto of like everything I've wanted to tell all of my friends who are just like, Zephyr, we're watching you do all these things and pull all this stuff off. How do we do it, too? Mm-hmm. And finally, it kind of got to a point where I'm just like, read the book, like I literally <laughs> tell you what's going on in my life. There's no secret to it. I think I even broke it down. There was a portion uh, talking about kind of the relation to how much you struggle to how much you're hustling to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And I literally said in there something along the lines of, you know, like there is no secret. Like I even said, like, this is the secret formula. And then I was like, hint, hint, like there's no formula. <laughs> like The secret is there is no secret. Yeah. And it really is just about working hard, about networking with the right people and just really throwing yourself out there as authentically as you can. Yes, it's very true. And I think that's a th- that's the thing. I mean, once again, we aren't going to get to where we want to go if we don't put the work in, if we don't put in the energy, if we don't push ourselves a little bit further than maybe what the, the homeostasis or what the world considers is, is successful. 
Yeah, I just didn't want people to keep seeing these headlines online of like the three things you have to do to be successful and think, oh, I'll just do those three things and then my life's going to be perfect. Yeah, because everybody's going to have a different design. Everyone's going to have a different version of what works and what doesn't work for them. Now, the the basis for all that is motivation, is is drive. And that's what obviously is going to be the connector of everything. But everybody has a different different talent, different direction of life they want to go. But it just boils down to if you want it bad enough, you just do it. Yeah. Now, when you talk about, you know, your purpose and designing your dream life, how how do you help them kind of navigate their own direction in that? Yeah. So a big part of figuring out where I was supposed to go was kind of reaching into this gut feeling that a lot of people have for Mm -hmm. a really long time. So my gut feeling when I was in college was I'm going to graduate. I'm going to walk across that stage, buy a one way plane ticket to California and hit it big in the film industry. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that to be true. Like that was my plan. That's what I was going to do. And I wasn't going to stop until I got there. And the crazy thing is, you know, plans change. I was dating someone at the time. I chose not to move. I didn't ever Mm -hmm. buy the plane ticket. (laughs) And here I was three or four years later after the fact. And I'm like, why did I never do that? I mean, I was on this uh, a bit of a spiritual retreat. I was single at the time. And I'm like, why did I, I not do the one thing that like every ounce of my body was pushing me to do for so long? I I never took that chance. And sure enough, after I kind of realized that and noticed the one thing that was missing from my life that I had been craving for so long, I went out and did it. I taught myself travel hacking. I bought a one-way plane ticket to San Francisco. I actually traveled through about 40 out of the 50 states over the course of two months' time, just travel hacking and couch surfing my way through the country and just put the business on hold, told my friends I'll see them when I get back. And it was just this crazy journey that really led me to figure out what to do next. Been working in my video business since I had started it. I had never really taken a break to say, you know, let's go see the world and and see what it has to offer. Yeah. In that whole travel time of your life, what was the awareness that you really were, were, in other words, what were the lessons that you were gleaning or learning during that time? I think a big part of it was just looking at, you know, what's that one idea that keeps popping up in your head day after day, Mm -hmm. you know, dream after dream that you keep pushing off because there's a reason why that keeps coming up. You know, for me, it was just, you've got to go to California. And even in my head, the voice was like, you've got to go to California. I don't know why I don't know what's going to happen when you get there but this is like a part of your journey that you have to do and so I think that it's just it's so important to follow that message and then also I think you know you've got to experience what's out there I I have a couple of friends who went to college and have relatively boring majors you know maybe they were an English major or a marketing major and just they got out of college and had no idea what to do with Mm -hmm. it like they went in sure they were interested in the classes like that's why they took it in the first place but they just they had no clue what to do and then and you know I think the only way to figure out what to do next is you know go figure out what's out there you know, don't wait for it to come to you. Go try, you know, a thousand and one things. Make your bucket list of, you know, these are the 100 things that I want to try this year and just see if I like any of them. Yeah. I mean, that's what rowing was for me. I had never rowed in college. I was never a really crazy big athlete. And, you know, I went and tried out at the rowing club for a, a free class. And now I've been doing it three years. and mm-hmm. I've actually competed in competitions. Oh, wow. 
That is really neat. Well, I think it just goes back to the whole aspect of if your world is, you know, these four walls, well, then that's really all you're going to see. It's all you're going to know. And so the sometimes it can be scary for people to expand those walls. And obviously travel is one of those things. Surrounding yourself with people that looks different than you or maybe acts different. Those new experiences redefine and reshape your world perception. And it causes it to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually you navigate yourself into that direction that you're supposed to go because it literally is in front of you all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a big thing that you said there was that, you know, the world is more than just these four, wall, four walls. And the funny thing is, you know, for anyone that's seen Ferris Bueller or any of these types of movies <laughs> where the actor does something called breaking the fourth wall, uh-huh. they actually connect with the audience. Yeah. Like that's how they expand their world is that they're breaking through that fourth wall and actually, you know, talking to the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that the only way that you're going to start to connect even more with your world is by breaking down that wall and kind of seeing what else is out there other than just, you know, what's inside the TV screen. Exactly. It's it's so true. I mean, that's the only way we're going to grow. And many people just don't realize that it can be just that simple by driving a different way to work or talking. Talking to that person at the gym or doing something that is totally different than they typically would do. And that is how we really can change. I mean, that's how a lot of these things come into our life is when we get outside of these four walls. Absolutely. Let's switch gears here and talk more about your podcast. Sure. So it's the Year of Purpose podcast. Yeah. And basically, I interview entrepreneurs all over the world that have created life on their own terms. And this was actually one of the big results from taking that big trip around the country was actually we were the last leg of my trip. I had my cousin in tow for a 3000 mile road trip. And, you know, we're super tired. We're driving home on the last day. And the second I get into the house, we kind of jump back onto social media, just kind of see what's going on in the world. And the first article that someone posted on my news feed says uh, 2015 to be a year of purpose for many people. Hmm. And it just kind of clicked. I was like, that's exactly it. Like it's it was January 1st when we were driving home. So it was New Year's Day. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking about New Year's resolutions. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that says, you know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and then I'm not going to the gym two days later. Yeah, exactly. So I was just trying to figure out, you know, how do I do this a little bit differently so I actually achieve the things that I want to accomplish? And sure enough, like this concept just presented itself to me. And I was like, you know, I really need to take this one step further. It's not good enough for me to just do this. Like I need to figure out how to share this with everyone else Mm -hmm. because I have a feeling that this is going to change the way I do things. And I think it's going to change the way a lot of other people do it too. Exactly. And it sounds like it was very serendipitous moment for you. You had this, this spiritual awakening of going through all this travel and then you come home and then boom, <laughs> yeah, the first thing you see once you come back is this year preference to this. And I think that that's amazing. That's, that's really how it works. It really does. And it's just, you know, I've met over 125 people in the last year and a half that I've been able to interview. You know, I might wake up one morning and have a call with New Zealand and then three hours later I have a call with the UK. <laughs> That's um, so neat. You know, it, it's just, it's absolutely amazing to see all these people that I've been able to meet. And I think it's even cooler when I go to these conferences and I see them and I'm just like, whoa, we can be friends in real life. Let's <laughs> you know, through Skype. You know, yeah. actually exists. Let's yeah. have lunch or something. I know. It's quite amazing. And I think that's one of the things, you know, be, being the host of my own show is not only do I get to interview all these people, but I get to assimilate the same, le- the, the lessons that they're instilling to my listeners. I get to learn those. So I, I'm not, I'm not only the 
the host, but I'm also like the, the first student that gets to hear it and gets to really listen to it and, and really gets to practice it in my own life. And, and I, that's one of the great things I love about hosting as well. Yeah, totally. Now, if my listeners, because you've done so much, so if my listeners here would like to find out more information about you, where would they find all this, all, all the things you've done? Yeah, so all the podcast stuff is actually just on yearofpurpose.com. Uh, but what I've gone ahead and done is, you know, for anyone who would love to check out the book, uh, the full title is Life Rescripted, Find Your Purpose and Design Your Dream Life Before the Curtains Close. I actually recorded the whole audiobook of it, oh. and I have it available for free on rescripted.life slash free, and anyone can grab it there because, you know, for me, it, it was more important to get the message out there, like, mm-hmm. As you know, books don't make people fortunes. They just don't. It's not a a really good way of making money. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really in this for the money. I'm in this for the message. Um, And you can check that out. And then also... I'm designing a whole ton of stuff right now. We're actually working to get two or three more books out this year. Oh my gosh. Uh, one of them, including an adult coloring book oh, that neat. has illustrations, uh, daily affirmations, inspirational quotes, and like doodle zones for you to just like take a time out from your day. Uh-huh. So I'm really excited. This is going to be finishing up really soon here. I just got a first draft of it from my designer literally before we jumped on the call. That's a great uh, concept. That really is. Yeah. So like anyone who's just kind of following us or has, you know, signed up and gotten the life rescripted audiobook, you know, we'll be sure to let everyone know through our social media channels and things like that as soon as the next thing is ready. Excellent. Well, Zephan, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I've really appreciated getting to hear all your entrepreneurial aspects, all the way you encourage yourself and how you've overcome many things. So thank you once again. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please visit my website where you may enroll in Lifeology Academy, read my published articles, and watch all my YouTube episodes I created just for you. If you'd like to become a show sponsor or become a guest, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.